So how, how do you feel that you're you're actually going to be leaving like physical, you know, moments and memories to people? It's that's so, pretty awesome that it's you so get to capture that for other people. It's right? so fulfilling. It's really awesome. Like, because I really think about it a lot through the process, you know, because when you're doing something like that, at some point, sometimes it could become a job, you know, like you're repeating that there is a repetitive pattern. You know, you go, you shoot, you edit, you know, I I hand edit every single picture. So um, it can become a little repetitive. And sometimes through that process, I remind myself of that and it really kind of like give, gives, gives me juice, you know? Um, because every single one of my clients is an opportunity to leave a legacy. Legacy, legacy, legacy. Hello everyone, my name is Pablo Quiroga, I'm your host, and this is Devotion Freeze, presented by Field Talk. This is the show where we explore the story behind legends in the making and discover actionable knowledge we can all leverage in our daily life. I'm coming at you right now from a coffee shop here in Las Vegas. So, a lot of things are happening, we just gotta roll with the punches, record what we can, publish when we can, and deliver content so you guys can continue staying fueled. So a few of the topics that we really love talking on the show are performance sports, nutrition, meditation, innovation, creativity, heart intelligence, the evolution of technology, and discovery of flow state. Now, some of these shows that we have going on right now in our pipeline are really focused on stories behind people in everyday people. You might not see them on the New York Times, you might not see them on TechCrunch or CNN or whatever, you know, really big monster uh, blockbuster media that you might follow. But these are humans and everyone has a story. And we can all learn from those that are around us that are doing really extraordinary things. So this week we're gonna be shining light on a local star called Ati Greenspun. We're going to be learning more about her uh, really, really soon. And I know you guys are going to love it. So stay tuned. But really quickly, just wanted to give you some updates. Uh, Definitely head over to fueltalk.co. We have a few other shows on there. We have Biz Dirt Live hosted by Lisa Leonard. She's killing it with everything from cyclocross to mountain biking, talking to professionals in her sport, and she's loving it. Definitely follow her journey. More to come from Lisa, that's for sure. Also, Sanam's Rainbow Bridge. If you're into meditation or you want to explore what it feels to be in the mindset of someone who practices meditation, uh, you know, meditation doesn't have to be something where you sit down in a quiet spot. You know, I almost feel like I'm meditating right now, speaking to you in a crowded area, like at a coffee shop. Meditation is being in the flow. Meditation is being in the moment. Meditation is feeling that breath. Meditation can be a lot of things. So if you want to explore what it is for you, definitely check out Sanam's Rainbow Bridge. We also have a new show coming up that's going to be specifically for the cycling culture, racing. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be coming up really, really, really soon. So anyways, guys, I want to bring you back to what we're doing right now. And this is 
uh, an awesome show that we did with, with Ati. So just a little bit about her. Ati was born in Argentina and came to the United States with a work visa with one of the biggest casinos here in Las Vegas. Uh, and she came actually as a flair bartender in the early 2000s. So after traveling the world, today Ati calls Las Vegas home. And throughout this life process, Ati has become a mom, a photographer, lover of triathlons, and is currently immersed in her biggest project to date, creating a life by design. So now, let's drop into Ati's devotion. When did you start your, your business? Like when so, I started, I started around 2007. Um, it was all like, um, at the time I was traveling a lot and I really wanted to take pictures of my travels. So I signed up at CSN for a photography class. And when I went to sign up, they're like, oh, do you wanna do digital or do you wanna do uh, film? And I was like, film? Do they still have film? And I was like, I'm gonna do film. <laughs> like, I didn't even think about it. Like, it wasn't even in my plan to like study, you know what I mean? Like film photography yeah. and and I signed up and I started I did like my first few classes were film and then obviously I transitioned to uh, digital but at the time it was just so much fun you know and it became into this thing where you know first you start photographing little things just to learn technical stuff and then when I started photographing people I was like wow this is so cool like I don't know. I just fell in love with it. So much more than just taking, you know, landscapes or stuff, which, you know, we all take when we go on vacation. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I feel like with the um, digital age, you can go on a trip, come back, and almost download every single place you went and make an album. You know what I mean? But people, like when you photograph a family or you photograph somebody, you're stopping that moment forever. You're creating a memory. You're stamping it on paper forever. You know what I mean? If not, that moment, it's gone. When you capture that moment, you like capturing the very small details. Like what part of that moment do you really like to focus on? Um, so. Or what's the process for you choosing that? So personally, because I, you know, I do a lot of pictures of my son and stuff like that. and. And at work, it's a little different because when you're shooting for yourself, you really can do those little details. But when you're shooting for a client, sometimes, you know, you need to deliver something that they would love to put in their wall. Now, people are m most likely not going to put, you know, the little toes of their baby. They might put it in an album, but they're not going to put it like this in a wall. But for me, capturing those little things are what makes it. You know, so you cannot go from bigger to smaller. So you start, you know, by the person and then you start talking and you, you get all those like expressions. You know what I mean? Like that sometimes are like, wow, I didn't see that in a long time. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're getting things out of people. So it's really cool. Do you get emotional while you're taking, while you're capturing the moment? Uh, when I do newborns, when I photograph newborns, I do. Newborns? Newborns. Little babies. Yeah. Tiny little babies. Yeah. Um, just because um, 
so I have a five-year-old and I remember before I had my son you know you hear this all the time from your parents from friends man time flies time flies enjoy the moment be present nothing shows you how much time flies as having a kid like life takes a completely different meaning when you have a kid and all of a sudden you're like this and he's one you're like this and he's two you're like this and he's five he's like what happened you know and i know it's it, it sounds corny because everybody says it and it's such a yeah, like everyone says that. everybody says it but then when you leave it yourself you know it's like wow man like this is brutal it's brutal how fast everything goes uh -huh. you know and we live in a really fast world so i think that maybe or parents or parents or maybe or grandparents i don't know if their world went that fast but our world goes really fast you know like you get up in the morning and you need to take your kid to school and and you know we we are plugged to our phones and and everything is fast so i think that I, we were talking before meditation being on the moment and you know disconnecting from your phone or having pictures like you know kind of brings us back to like stopping time for a little bit mm -hmm. and i think cycling has a lot to do with that too mm -hmm. It's funny because, like, we'll, we'll get into the cycling in a little okay. bit, but, like, um, even just photos, like, it, it's rare to go and get photos printed now, too, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's just, we capture the moment with our phone, and then we post it to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, or now we capture moments that are erased forever, right? Forever. Through Snapchat and the uh, stories and yep. stuff. And, but it's also, like, so, people think that's their identity, too. Okay. There is a thing about, you know, if it's in Instagram and I'm showing it, or if it's in Facebook, that's who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's so dangerous. Yeah. Because... Yeah, that's a deep... Uh, yeah, that's, very a, deep. that's a deep uh, psychological conversation there, for yeah. sure. For sure. I'm super interested about that, though. I read about that a lot because I have the feeling that eventually in my life I will have to get into that with my son. Uh -huh. Because I see, you know, because I meet with so many families and we, we know, we talk about our kids and yeah. what do they do and all different ages. And it, it's crazy, like, you know, these kids are like, oh, but, but it's on Facebook. Well, it doesn't mean anything, mm -hmm. you know, or but it's on Instagram. Well, guess what? It doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. You know, so how... Or kids are gonna perceive the world. Or I mean, when I say my kids, because I'm, I have kids, but I mean, or coming generations, you know what I mean, are gonna perceive per, perceive yeah. the world in a completely different way. Well, how how do you perceive the world then? Like currently, like when you see something on Instagram of like a cyclist or a really cool picture of something like a product or whatever, well, do you just instantly product? believe in it, or do you try to search for more information to kind of? I really do make sure it's real i really do because and i was never like that but the last few <laughs> years things happen where you know you get deceived yeah and i mean not only by people but like by products and you know like um in my search for 
better food and better nutrition. And I'm like, man, everything they fed me, and not only as food, as information, like 90% of that is not even true. It's marketing. Everything is marketing. And Instagram, and and I mean, and we all use it. I mean, I use it for my business and stuff. Um, But it's such a... um, it's such a tool that it can be used awesome or it can be very deceiving. So So when you post a picture, what like why are you why are you posting it? So it depends. For my business it's it's almost like a but like your personal account on Instagram. So I like to believe that I'm very uh, encouraging to other people. Okay. Um I lead a really positive life. I mean, we all have bad days, obviously. Yeah. But, um, and I allow those to myself because for a while I didn't. I didn't think that, why, why? If, if I'm so grateful for a great life that I live, mm-hmm. why am I having a bad day? Or, you know what I mean? Well, we all do. You cannot, it would, it's a lie that people is 100% happy 100% of the time. Yeah. Right? Um, but, as I got healthier and I got into, you know, triathlon and as I'm this transition that I'm doing to like kind of live a life by design, I, I don't want to be a slave and I don't want to be, I don't want life to run me over. Um, and like this particular week is a week where like my head has worked so hard where like I'm like, I want to plan. I want to plan how I want my days to be. That takes a lot of work mm-hmm. and a lot of frustration too, mm-hmm. you know, because some days just don't go like that. And yeah. then you're stuck in front of the computer for hours or you're like, you know, or something goes wrong and, you know, but you get up the next day and you, you're you like, okay, let's go back to the plan, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so... It takes a lot to plan. I mean, you said that, and it takes a lot, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of tools out there, the software and notebooks, or however it is you want to architect this plan, there's a lot of good things that you could use, but as we know, life is life, and there's so many things that could happen throughout the day even, imagine a week or a month or a year, that can derail that plan, Mm -hmm. so it's... It's interesting to to come to a certain point in the planning process where you are mentally flexible enough to be okay with adapting that plan at the right moments. And then so hard. and then quickly deciding how to redesign the next steps because when you find a fork in the road and that can become that can come up in a day, right? In a task that you have to do in a day or a project that you have to complete in a week or a month that's gonna affect your year. But that fork in the road and that decision is going, is gonna force you to redesign that plan, that forecast. So the planning is never ending. Never right? ending. But the plan is, is great because it's your own personal soundboard to your next steps. And then to also remembering what it is your purpose i I was actually i was going because we all start with a purpose but that purpose that we come up with in the very beginning is super important because it could be a very high level purpose kind of like if you're peeling the onion 
it could be just like the first layer of the onion but you never got to that very tight nucleus point of the onion that that's the true purpose you know so the process of true of realizing that purpose is important but even that changes along the way because we change everything changes because we change so you you nailed it right there because um, something that happens to me often, um, you know, as I made my transition through, and we'll talk about how maybe I came to this, yeah. the States and stuff, but I made my transition from, you know, working at night and being a bartender and deciding that has been amazing for many, many years. And that has brought amazing happiness to my life in a lot of um, areas. But as I'm like, my life changes and my goals change, um, and I want to grow my business, I find that sometimes that one spot, like just go in and do a job where nobody calls you at home, you know, or I don't know, n nobody's calling you at home to ask you how to make a Bloody Mary, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but when you have your own business, you know, um, all of a sudden you have responsibilities and you have things you know to deliver and you have things that you need to do on the back end on the back end of your business to make it grow and stuff and planning right and a, as a bartender you're you know it's like hey can I have a margarita and you you make the best margarita in the and world you, and you provide the best experience delivering that margarita to the customer right? and then you go home but most bartenders at least most bartenders aren't worrying worrying or trying to source where the ice comes from, where all the ingredients come from, how to name that drink on the menu, how to price that drink on the menu so that it affects your bottom line, exactly. how to, uh, you know, what type of music to put on, mm -hmm. what type of chairs that the customers are gonna be sitting on while they drink the margarita, what type of, you know, material the, the bar in, and so forth and so And forth. when it comes to that, that's when, you know, you, you come to that day where you're like, okay, I wanna be that person creating this life by design, right, that we're talking about. But then all of a sudden you're like, well, I did this to spend more time with my family or to be more time with my kid or, and then you're like, what is happening? And, and, yeah. and now you have to redesign yeah. and you have to be like, okay, this has to change. This has to be yeah. different, but you need to come back to that purpose that, you know what I mean? Because sure. if for the longest time, I felt like a, for many years, that I was the kind of business owner I was like throwing a rock and hoping it would work. You know what I mean? Or like, mm -hmm. I was doing this, well, you know, hopefully it works. I don't want to be that person anymore. And that's when, you know, now I try to write and I try, so it takes more time, but I think that now you have this roadmap to how to get to a place. Mm -hmm. You know, it might take you longer, it might take you shorter, but, and I think that translates to so many things in life. And it's, it's a learning experience. Absolutely. So it's super humbling though. You realize that you're separated from those many roles that you have too. You know, your self-worth, yeah. Yeah. so different than your role as a mom, your role as a photographer, your role as a triathlete, your role as a wife. You're, you know what I mean? Those are all roles, those are different hats that you put you know, through the day. But your self-worth is completely detached from that. How do you feel after a, a week or a month of putting all those different hats on? 
I never thought of that. <laughs> I do it day in and day out. It just, it just happens. It just happens. I mean, that's my life. You know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a photographer, I'm a triathlete, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, th that's my life. Right. Once in a while, I take off, I'm like, peace, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. That's a, a very uh, difficult, but extremely rewarding uh, project to pretty much design your life, your business, your family, your love of sport to all kind of uh, create that that ecosystem mm -hmm. right because all it sounds like all of those things is part of your ecosystem that you're creating but they all intertwine in each other and they're all something that you love doing i love it and um and that was one decision that i made so i'm 40 and i turned 40 last year and when i turned 40 i decided that i wanted to you know have the the I, I'm not sure exactly how to say it in English. You know, like, I wanted to lead the life. I didn't want life to lead me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I want to be able um, to decide, you know what I mean, when I'm working, when I'm training, when I'm with my son, and you know what I mean? And when it is it, this, all the things that happen in my life that if you don't plan, they won't happen. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't, if you're not planning, you might go days without really having some quality family time. You know, we are there, we're all together, but no, we need to stop and we need to put our phones away and we need to go do things, you know what I mean? And like do things together or I wanna train and I wanna do a half Ironman and you know what I mean? All the things that, well, you need to put the time in it. So. What are some of your, um, your role model inspirations? My parents a lot. Um, so I know that's like really corny too, but so my parents are in their 70s. Um, they still live in Argentina and they, be, they live so freely, you know. Um, they, they travel a lot through their life. They were a really role model for me also like, you know, when I got married and a lot of things. Like my parents, back in the day, people did not date for 10 years. My parents dated for 10 years. They traveled all over the world. Like people thought they were like these crazy hippies, you know, and um, and even till today, like when I decided, you know, to that I wanted to be a bartender, I was, I, was a, I don't know if I ever told you this story. Like I came because I was, a, I came to the States. I'm, I was a flair bartender. I did all the tricks with the bottles and I traveled all over the world doing that. Tell me about that. That um, sounds insane. <laughs> So I was in college one day and this guy, I was um, studying hotel management. In Argentina? Yep. And this guy came in and he was teaching more like a mixology thing. It was just like a, like a subject of a subject of a subject. It wasn't really, you know, not even like, you know? Yeah. And he started like flipping bottles. I was like, I want to do that. And everybody thought I was crazy. And um, I kind of followed through, and then I went to work at Fridays, you know, and stuff like that. And then I found out there was competitions all over the world doing that. And I was like, no, I want to do that. Like, I want to be good. I want to be really good at doing that. Uh -huh. 
uh, and I became like one of the best women in the world. Really? Yeah, and that's, that's how insane. I came. Yeah, and that's how I came to the U.S. But that was many months ago. That I remember one video that you posted on Facebook not too long ago, maybe like late last year or something. Yeah. And that was the first time I, I you know, I, I found out that I knew that you were like, you know, did that. Yeah, and, and that was, yeah, it was pretty and, crazy. You know, I went all over. Like, I went to Austria, England. We were like, I don't know. Like in Europe, like several places I lived in Spain before coming to the States, um, doing that. And I used to do shows and just work in different nightclubs. And, but it was good also because, because I was doing that. I was not really involved in like a lot of drinking. You know what I mean? Because sure. I mean. It was your career. Well, and I was performing too. Yeah. So even though, I mean, I liked party back in the day. Yeah. Uh, now I'm boring. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It wasn't the crazy life that other people was leading yeah. at that time. Um, I lived in Ibiza for a while. Um, Before the, all the tourists came? Yeah, yeah, this was... So I've been in Vegas fifth uh, year 2000. Yeah. This is a long time I ago. I bet that was a great time to be in Ibiza. That was a great time to be in Ibiza. <laughs> but because there was a still a lot of party, there was a still big clubs. Yeah. But also you had a lot of like small places and a lot of the people that I was with everybody was about like enjoying the the outdoors too so I did a lot of like traveling there and I loved it that's awesome yeah it was amazing so you know and then I I got a visa to work in Las Vegas you know this girl from Argentina like Harris did a visa for me and I worked there for many many years Mm -hmm. Uh, and through that process you know I found other things and other loves and other passions um, and going back to my parents one thing that my parents always were very good at were like if it makes you happy go for it it, it will work itself out you know uh, money wise or whatever it has to be yeah and it really did it's amazing advice from parents you know like and I and I usually that's not the norm like, you know, my dad kind of freaked out when I dropped out of college, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, you know, it was the things that I really loved what I was doing. And I got to the top, you know, so I always feel like no matter what you do, if you do it with passion and with love, you're going to get good at it regardless, because it, there is no way like it could be on anything, cycling or flaring or whatever, that you're gonna stick to it, doing it and doing it over and over and over and not get good at it, right? Because getting good at something is repetition, is practice, Yeah. whatever you do. I don't know. So what has racing fun. taught you about yourself? Oh, that I'm so much more capable of anything else. And this is gonna tie to what we were talking about, the bartending. I did a lot of bartending competitions and at the beginning I used to enjoy it a lot but then when I got really good at it I didn't enjoy it because I couldn't handle the pressure Um, there were not that many girls so it was always you know the same few girls that we were always competing against each other and some of girls like really good friends of mine now but back in the day it was rough you know because we were the only ones and people were like you know, looking at us, um, and even at my what I where I worked, like there was a lot of competition, and I didn't like that. So I never really enjoyed it when it was there. 
And then when I moved to triathlon, everybody's helpful. And I learned that we, even though we are competing against each other, we're really not. It's you competing against you. And you want to better yourself. You want to, you know, you want to have more grit, you know, and be like, I can do this. Like, I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how hard it is. I don't, you know, there is, I don't know what it is that you want to like better yourself. Uh Um, And I think that also when you train for racing in anything, it could be marathons or cycling or triathlon, there is a lot of social pressure around, you know, being skinny or this or that. Now all that, it's on the back burner. Now you're not working out to look pretty. You're not looking, working out to lose weight. There is a purpose, mm. you know? So you're healthier, you're eating healthier because you have to, because your body cannot take all that work and eat junk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you're just better in yourself. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a completely personal measure. And I love that. Personal measure. I like that a lot. So what's your approach to, to food in general? Because, I mean, you're Argentinian, yeah. right? You know, <laughs> I, I've been to Argentina, and the food is amazing. Right? I'm the worst deserter. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the traitor. <laughs> yeah. Because I eat plant-based. I do not eat meat. You're plant-based? I'm plant-based. Oh, yeah, we had this conversation. Yeah, we had this conversation. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot. You, yeah. You told me about the cheese one time. Like about, do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I got um, it. It's pretty good. Yeah, so I'm plant-based. I've been plant-based for almost five years now. Right on. Uh, so it was after my son was born. So I always say, I always, I, I, I don't remember exactly when it happened. But it was after my son, bo- son was born. So he's going to turn six. So I always kind of go after his age. Um, I went vegetarian like 20 times in my life before that. Okay. I went raw. I, I don't Even in, in Argentina too? Uh, no. Yeah. No, no. After, But I left. I was really young when I left. Okay. So I was, uh, I was 21 when okay. I left Argentina. Okay. So I had kind of my, my own soul searching for food for a long time. Mm. Um, there is a stories of me telling my mom that meat tasted like bleach when I was like five. Really? And you know how, like after I discovered they do wash meat, you know, with ammonia or whatever. And my mom is like, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, whatever. But yeah, I, eat, I, I don't know, for me, it's super easy. We eat a lot of beans, we eat a lot of veggies. I you do, cook a lot? We cook a lot, but I do a lot of shakes too. Okay. I do a lot of shakes. Um, I use these nutritional shakes that I really, really love and I try to share with people because I feel like um, they, they really had helped me a lot uh-huh. like because, you know, they're really good nutrition. In, in not all of the shakes, you can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love it. Um, but I do a little bit of cleansing once in a while um, because of my training. I don't, you know, a lot of people fast. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of fasting because of my training because I okay. mean I train six days a week uh-huh. so sometimes I need to eat I train a lot so it's hard yeah to fast when you're training that hard yeah. but what have um, you heard of, of fasting so I did a lot of it's research kind of tr- it's trending a lot it now. is People trending a lot it. and I feel like there is a lot of information out there um, so I mean I never want people to take that for my word yeah. um, but in my experience I'm going to talk for my experience yeah, yeah. I feel like 
it really has given me a lot of clarity mm-hmm. when I have done it, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like for what I have read, there is so much of your energy going into your digestive like your system, gut, yeah. you know, your gut, that when your body doesn't have that burden, you know, now we can work on other things. Yeah. Um, so I actually, the reason why I want to do it once in a while is because I feel like I put so much strain on my body training, mm-hmm. you know, so, so much inflammation and stuff like that, yeah. um, that you want to kind of like keep that to a minimum and the plant-based diet has been great for that. Yeah. You know, if we go back to all the roles and people is, people is always telling me, and I don't, I don't see it. They're like, oh my God, you have so much energy. I don't see it because that it's me, it's my personality and stuff. Yeah. But I did not have that energy before I went plant-based. If you could share an experience uh, that riding a bike has given you to your kids, um, or you have one son? Yeah. So to your son, uh, what, what would that experience look like? Well, I have a few actually because um, so I had two accidents on the bike. One wasn't a big deal, but you know, like, yeah, it didn't break anything, but it left me, it, at the time I felt pretty down. I was like, man, I, you know, I was doing pretty good and you know, I wanted to race. And the second one, it was pretty bad. Like I broke, you know, my scapula and I was by myself and they took me to the hospital. And, um, but, completely separate from writing and the experience of writing, overcoming that and going back into the bike and um, overcoming the fear, I really hope that I can like pass that on to my son so someday. So overcoming fear. Be- overcoming that, it was a fear that I never felt before. Mm. Getting on the bike, not even on a tri bike, on a regular bike, and I felt like I could not ride that bike to now being racing again. You've been doing photography for a really, really long time, and now you're, you have a lot of energy, a lot of motivation to expand that and, and to take that to the next step, yep. next, next phase. The next step. Um, so what does your, you know, your outlook look like for, for this next coming year? You know? Do you have any um, upcoming you know, milestones that you want to hit in terms of your business so and, I think your the first, and your family? The, the first milestone is I want to create a model of business where I can create memories for people. Um, I think with so much digital photography going out there, there is a million photographers, people with cameras everywhere. I want to put art on people's walls. You know how, I don't know if that was your experience, but you go to somebody's home and you see a portrait on their wall of their family, of their kids. You know, um, something beautiful that it's planned, that it goes with their home, that they're gonna, they're gonna look at it and they're gonna love it for a year to come. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's, that's what I wanna achieve. You know, I don't wanna like go, around shooting a hundred pictures, you know, throwing CDs that people put in the drawer and they never look again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to create stuff that they're going to love for the rest of their life. So can, can you share a little bit about your process on how you um, can achieve that for a client? So I think that, that one of my 
most important steps is meeting with that client before that session, mm -hmm. that photo session. Mm -hmm. So we get together and we talk a little bit about their family and what they like to do together, you know what I mean? And like what the colors of their home and stuff like that. And then, you know, I and their style also you know there is people that is uh, more classic there is people that is more modern there is people you know that they have a house that is decorated farmhouse and stuff like that so we try to create something that goes along their line you know what I mean uh, a lot of the times I do this at a cafe or I do it at their home because it gives me a better idea of who they are and right. stuff like that so you get, um, you get a pulse of their lifestyle yes okay. um, but also the planning doesn't end there you know what I mean like the clothing you know I always I had a haha -ha moment you know when I was in school for photography and they asked us to bring all these catalogs of clothing right mm -hmm. like clothing catalogs and I remember I had a Gap and I had a um, I think it was uh, Gap was the one that like really like you look at those pictures and all these kids look like they're playing and whatever all that is planned everything in that in that picture from the shoes to the jacket to the shirt they're wearing underneath is planned the, those colors is like it's like painting you know those colors make or break that image um, so I think all that you know like help helping my client to create that so when they show up for that photo session 50% is done all I need to do now is capture their personalities right so, it, so yeah so I mean it sounds like you're more of a, an art director right and pretty also much I, I like that I really like that <laughs> <laughs> I want to use it use it that's what it is yeah. I mean, that's what people do right for movies and stuff but, and, you know well and i always say like so we're sitting here we got together do you remember today and i was like i don't think this is gonna i already yeah. know what the light is looking at my face yeah. here like um i told my husband one time i'm like we're sitting somewhere i'm like photography kind of like changed it because all i look is like how the light is falling in your face how if there is light in your eyes yeah you know what i mean yeah. like stuff like that um which is so important for my work sure you know like the eye is the soul so sometimes i have a little girl that is dancing around and i cannot really take a picture until she's not in the right spot mm -hmm. i mean i'm still shooting but i know i'm not using those images yeah you know what i mean yeah. um because it's not the right light. So it's, right. it's a combination between the planning, you know, and, and also I think that because I really like it and enjoy it, um, I give ease to the people. Like I, I see kids are, kids love it. Kids, you know, they can behave better or worse, or, but they love it. If you are good with them and, you know, you make them laugh and stuff, you, you're going to get their personality. But adults, we're the worst because we're so conscious of ourselves, yeah. you know. So my job is to make them feel comfortable enough so they're going to look natural. Do you give them shots or something before that? I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> you should mix that into your process. Should, yeah. Start flaring so, before you start Yeah, doing so, it. you know, so this is for you guys before we start the session. <laughs> um, but, and I always encourage um, families to do this and make it a day. You yeah. know, go get your family portraits done and then go to dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, go 
to have a family night. Um, so it's actually the whole experience. So when you look at that image in your wall, when it's done, you have a memory attached to it. Yeah. I really like that. I really, really enjoy that. Who's been, uh, or who has been like those people around you in your in your life that have always, you know, been there for you in terms of support and encouraging you when you most needed it? My husband. He's a hundred percent the best. And my parents too. But my parents live in Argentina, so they usually get like a delay kind of version of things. Right. But my husband, you know, he's my best friend. He's amazing. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Like he's my biggest fan. <laughs> so if people want to reach out to you, how, how do they do that? Do you have like uh, a website? Uh -huh. Like how can people? So they can reach out to me on atphotography.com. So my name plus photography.com. Um, Instagram, atphotography, my handle. Or also my regular uh, Instagram is atigreenspan.